Welcome to the Wonder by the Word podcast, where we walk through the Bible chronologically in a year. I'm your host, Brittany Rust, and on this podcast, I break down our daily readings from the Wonder by the Word reading plan and community so that we can all have better theology and grow in our faith. In case you're just now finding us, the Wonder by the Word plan can be found on version or on my website. Wonder by the Word is sponsored by Truth and Grace Ministries. Learn more at BrittanyRust.com. Hello and welcome to day 27 of the Wondered by the Word podcast and reading plan. We are finishing up this week in the Bible in Genesis chapters 35 through 37. Now yesterday when we left off, the brothers had killed all the men in Shechem because one had raped their sister Dinah. And today we're going to see them leave that city behind. In this chapter, in chapter 35, God speaks to Jacob and tells him to leave and go to Bethel. Now Bethel is where Jacob had camped after fleeing his home, and it's where he had set up an altar to God in chapter 28. It's also where God had told him to go originally, but he stopped in Shechem. So Jacob tells his family they're leaving, and as they go, that they need to leave their gods behind and purify themselves, which they do, but the fact that they had them in the first place is concerning because Jacob shouldn't have allowed that. And he had, he allowed the family to take on these false gods and they're wearing earrings, which were these like pagan symbols. And so they had been sort of corrupted by the world. And he says, listen, we're leaving that all behind. And they set forward to Bethel again, where Jacob had met with God and set up this altar. And while they're there, Jacob establishes a pillar where God had spoken to him. And so This um, putting away of the gods and the earrings and the purifying and setting up a pillar where God had told Jacob to do that is all a step in God's direction. And it's a step of obedience that Jacob needed, he should have taken prior to this, but it's, he's finally taking that step of obedience towards God in a way that's showing his family that obedience to God is very important. Obviously, they're obedient to God and to reject the things of this world. So I see this as, you know, setting an example for his family. And I know other commentators have uh, made note of that as well. So now from this point on, we start, I'm going to start using probably the name Israel more often um, since the Bible begins using it more frequently. However, we will still see the name Jacob used. So I think as long as the Bible's using it, I'll use it. It's using Israel, I'll use it. But I don't want you to get confused. It's the same person, right? And there really isn't a lot of clarity as to why this happens. Some assume Jacob is used when he acts out of his old nature and Israel is used when he's living in his new identity. But I mean, we can't be certain of that. Psalm 53 uses both names in one verse. But... You know, I just, I say that to get ahead of any questions, you know, that you might have. Yes, we're going to see both names used interchangeably. Now the family journeys on and as they do, they, they lose Rachel in childbirth as she delivers a son by the name of Benjamin. This is going to be the last child born to Jacob. Um, She passes and Israel buries the woman that, you know, he loved and he buries her on the way to Ephrath, which is also known as Bethlehem. Now they continue on from there in verse 21, it tells us that they moved on and pitched their tent beyond the tower of Eder, 
which is believed to be near Bethlehem. So now at this point, Israel is very close to where his brother and father are in Hebron. Hebron is just beyond Bethlehem. And we read at the end of the chapter that Jacob comes to his father in Hebron and Isaac passes away at 180 years old. Again, full of life is the term used here. And maybe, you know, he was just waiting to see his son Jacob again. I mean, we don't know, but we see Isaac pass on and we see Esau and Jacob bury him. Stepping into chapter 36, we see a genealogy of Esau. He took three wives, one being the daughter of Ishmael, so essentially it's his aunt. But we read his genealogy, and we read also now that Jacob is back with his you know, family and livestock and possessions, and the land is his inheritance, right? Esau and his family, they moved to a place known as modern-day Jordan, and it was about 94 miles away. And here's where the kingdom of Edom is established. It's established by Esau. Now, there were people living in the land. We read that Esau's descendants drive them out, and that's where Edom is established. And we will see the Edomites in the Bible again, more than once, actually. So moving on from there, we kind of break away from Esau. We've learned about his genealogy. And as we go into 37, we're going to dive really deep into the dynamics of Jacob's family and his, particularly his sons. Now, he had 12 sons, remember. And there's one that sticks out above the rest. It's Joseph. Now, disclaimer, Joseph is one of my absolute favorite people and stories in the Bible. And I'm really excited to explore these chapters with you. I, there's just, it's so rich and there's so much to learn. I mean, this man had perseverance in God. He was faithful to God in the face of just horrible circumstances. And I personally have gained so much wisdom in studying his life. So yeah, I'm just excited to explore his life with you. But moving on, verse three. It tells us that Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other sons. It says it's because Joseph was a son of Jacob's old age. But remember, you know, it's important to note that he was the firstborn of Rachel. And that was the person that, you know, Jacob loved was Rachel. And this was their first son. And she was barren for a long time. And so Joseph, I think, just held a lot of that sentiment for him, right, in his old age. It likely meant something to him. And so, I mean, you've probably read what happens next. You've probably heard the story before, right? He gives Joseph a coat of many colors. And, and we learn here in verse 4 that jealousy and hate were brewing in the hearts of Joseph's brothers because of this favoritism. Joseph goes on to have two dreams, and you've probably likely heard of this part before as well. And I know I'm blowing past this pretty quickly because there really is so much to the text. But for the sake of time, me, I mean, I just, I can't go into all, all of it. So make sure you're digging in for yourself, okay? Like, read the word for yourself. I've said this before. Do that first. Come here and listen to it just to maybe get some insight, you know, and then go back and dig further because there's just so much to the text. And I'm just here to simply attempt to give some highlights and pause to parts of the text. Now, Joseph goes on to have two dreams. The first, essentially, it represents his brothers bowing down to him. And the second is the sun, moon, and stars bowing down to him, referring to not only his brothers, but also to Jacob and to his mother bowing down. Now, Rachel has passed in childbirth, so how could Joseph's mother bow down to him? 
While most scholars believe this is a reference to Bilhah, which is Rachel's maidservant, who gave birth to two of Jacob's sons. She became, she essentially became a surrogate mother to Joseph and Benjamin after Rachel died. Of course, you know, once Joseph shares this dream with his family, Jacob rebukes him because, you know, how is it that he would bow to his son? Yet, even though he rebukes Joseph, verse 11 tells us that he continues to ponder this in his mind. And maybe that's because Jacob knew a thing or two about God speaking through a dream, right? And he senses that this could be something. So he rebukes it, but he kind of tucks it away in his mind and he ponders it a little bit. So at this point, the brother's jealousy, jealousy it's grown. Verse 4 shows jealousy and hatred take root. Verse 8 shows us they failed to check their hearts and that hatred grew even further. And we're going to see the next several verses that hatred takes control of them and almost leads them to murder their brother Joseph. In verses 12 through 26, we see the brothers take a brutal turn towards Joseph. You know, so the brothers are pasturing the flock up near Shechem and Jacob sends Joseph to them. Now, interestingly, Shechem is a place of sin and bad history for the family. Remember, this is where they killed the men of the city. And we're going to see further harm come to the family near this place. It's like a symbol for the family. Now the brothers see Joseph coming and they decide to seize this opportunity to kill him. And they they seize him, yet one brother, one brother steps in, it's Reuben. Now Benjamin's not here, so it's the brothers that are older than um, Joseph. That's the 10 brothers that are older than him. And there's one, Reuben, which is interesting to me because in chapter 35, there is one verse. It's a one verse observation that Reuben slept with Bilhab, which was, you know, again, one of Jacob's concubines. But that's all we see. Yet we know it's a sin and a disgrace to the father. But here we see Reuben, who made this horrible sin and mistake against his father. We now see him being the one to sort of step in and save his younger brother. And I can't help but observe, observe perhaps a heart change, but that's simply a side note. Now they instead throw him into a pit and Reuben had the intention to save Joseph from the pit. However, before that can happen, the brothers see a caravan of Ishmaelites coming and Judah suggests that they sell him, the brother Judah. And then they um, decide that well, we'll, throw, we'll sell him and then we'll tell our father that a wild animal killed Joseph. And that's what they do. Joseph is sold to the Ishmaelites and taken to Egypt, while the brothers tell Jacob that Joseph is dead. And I mean, they even take his his coat that's, you know, a colorful coat, and they dip it in blood, and they bring it to their dad to have this, like, sort of proof, right? And naturally, Jacob mourns. This was, you know, of course, this was his favorite son. And this is a note here as well. You know, we see Jacob deceived again. He was deceived by Laban. And now he's deceived by his own sons. His own treatment is served back to him. And John MacArthur notes here that it's sin's punishment that is often long to, or sin's punishment is often long delayed. And so this is just some of that coming back around. I've also, I think I've mentioned this before, but what your children, what you do in moderation, your children will do in excess. And so like the things that you do will be passed on to your children if you're not careful, good or bad. And so, um, this is just sort of that family uh, uh, curse coming back around to him. But all to say, it's an un- it really is an unfortunate event. 
but it's one that God is going to use to fulfill Joseph's dreams and save the family. And we're going to see that in two days because tomorrow is our break for the day. It's our catch-up day. And so use tomorrow to catch up if you fell behind on your t- on the text, on the readings, or take it as some time to dig deeper into the text. In fact, go back and reread this chapter, chapter 37, because it's really going to set the stage for what takes place next week as we explore the life of Joseph. And I'll see you then. Hey friends, thank you so much for listening to Wondered by the Word. We are so grateful that you are here and I really pray that this episode left you with nuggets of wisdom, that you learned something new, maybe it challenged you, but ultimately that it encouraged you and inspired you to dive even deeper into the richness of scripture. If the Ministry of Truth and Grace or Wonder by the Word, the reading plan, the episode, all the resources have impacted you in any way, would you please mind leaving a review, um, sharing this podcast with your friends, all of those little pieces of sharing and encouragement from your part go a long way to help the podcast get into further hands around the world so people can dive into scripture, engage with scripture on a more regular basis. You can also find us on Patreon, which would be a huge benefit to the ministry. And we just thank you so much for being a supporter. We'll see you next time.